This is Raw Material, an arts and culture podcast by SF MoMA. I'm your host, Geraldine Asu, for a season about art, community, and social justice. Up next on Raw Material. It wasn't anything that was going to end up on a wall or in a frame or installed in a gallery. But those who participated came away with inspiration. We'll always go back to having parties because that's the origin of the idea of like healing and ritual and release, but also still have art happen. It's our last episode of the season. Throughout the series, we've been talking about race and gender and immigration and colonialism and how all of these forces shape us as individuals. Well, today, we're taking it back to the reason for it all. People. Us. We're talking about art and community. Love is a practice. We know it more when we spend more time with it. It is not a sentimental force. It is a fierce, life-saving, creative-to-the-core force that is dumbed down by describing it in sentimental terms or thinking that weaponizing it builds it up. As we undergo big change as a people and a world, how do you let love guide your action? How do you share it, know it, foster it? Chelsea Wills. We're listening to artist, activist, and educator Katina Papson-Rigby. She's reading from 100 Love Letters, a piece submitted by artist Chelsea Wills for a collective art project entitled 100 Days of Action. We are a calendar of activist and artistic strategy. And what we've created is a forum for resistance and artistic coming together. Back in 2016, a group of artists in the Bay Area started meeting. They were concerned about the then potential outcome of the U.S. presidential election. We wanted to create a hub, uh, a meeting place, for our artists and non-artists to come together and find ways to creatively resist the current administration. Essentially an exercise in endurance and a call to all bodies to stand against oppression, bigotry, xenophobia, racism, sexism, destruction of the environment, etc. So they made a calendar of 100 days, a counter-narrative to the first 100 days of Donald Trump's presidency. And on the calendar, they filled each day with creative actions being carried out by people from all across the country who were also in protest. Uh, Sometimes it was a coming together, and sometimes it was a resistance. Actions ranged from musical concerts to performance art to community screen printing workshops to public call-ins. There were creative actions that were posted that folks were encouraged to do at home, alone with their families, in public, on the internet, over the phone. There was just a huge variety of ways to enter this community that we built. So when I look at my practice as an artist, it's not in a studio. I can't be alone in a room. It doesn't make sense. I'm not stimulated enough. I need to be with people. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. So what's your name? Christina Victor. And what are you you doing here today? Um, I am helping 100 Days in Action uh, lead the march. Hi, I'm Alicia Escott. 
and I'm part of 100 Days Action. Uh, I'm Surabhi Saraf. Uh, I'm Ben. Jeremiah Barber. Yeah, uh, my name is Ingrid Rojas Contreras, um, and I'm a writer. Those are just some of the organizers of 100 Days of Action. Others include Maysoon Wazwaz, Ken Lowe, Julie Sutherland, Laura C., and Katina Papson Rigby. I think, especially contemporary art, it asks more questions than it answers. And I think that this is a time when we really need to be asking a lot of questions. Art has the power to move you, and activism are the, the turning wheels of movement. Like art is all about the gray area, you know? And so that gray area, art can speak to. After the election results came in, the world seemed splintered. So my inclination was to retreat, keep my guard up, physically and emotionally. But slowly, that started to change. And when I started opening up again, what I craved to do most was make anything, as long as I was actively and consciously part of it. So on what I imagine was a sunny weekend afternoon, a bunch of artists met in Dolores Park to talk about how they, as artists, could respond to the coming administration. And Ingrid and Jeremiah said, you know, we wanna we wanna create something and we need help. And here's our here's our basic idea. From a group of 12 organizers came a collection of over 140 actions over the span of 100 days. So one of the first projects that I really fell in love with was called Side by Side. And it was an action that took place in the Castro District here in San Francisco. Described as a public pop-up performance, two Muslim people, a queer person, and a cisgender woman placed themselves at Harvey Milk Plaza. Just a note, cisgender means someone who identifies with the sex they were assigned at birth. So, all these people, they gathered at the busy intersection of Market and Castro, and there, they laid out their mats and they prayed together, side by side. The artists are two artists, um, Zulfikar Ali Bhutto and Minush Zomorondinia. And they essentially were thinking about the idea of how we identify Muslims in public and how that in itself has become a political action, almost a day-to-day experience. And I, I love that these artists wanted to share something vulnerable about themselves, just sharing something intimate about who they are. It seems like it's our day-to-day actions that can become markers of criminalization. Wearing a hoodie, going to the corner store, playing in the park, driving a car, gathering for prayer. There's something about the ordinary that for some reason is deeply threatening. But I think that's also why the seeds of resistance lie in the mundane. And the 100 Days of Action calendar, it was full of ordinary actions, artistic and creative day-to-day acts that simply revealed who we are, people, Nothing fancy. I think within the art world, we expect there to be a certain amount of pomp and circumstance. And 
It wasn't anything that was going to end up on a wall or in a frame or installed in a gallery. But those who participated came away with inspiration, just as you might from a museum. We have to become comfortable with the complexity of identity and that ripples out to society and family and politics. How can we hold ourselves in this complexity and embrace it? Continue to try and understand it, but also accept that sometimes we won't. And just to be with that. Never really standing where we need to be um, or where we think we need to be. Just being and working. Loving and alone. All of that has to happen at the same time. About a week or so after election night, I remember hearing the phone ring. Friends started reaching out to each other. Folks were opening their doors, offering dinners, couches, conversations, time, and love. So that no one, including ourselves, would feel alone. One of my favorite 100 Days action was a care-in, dreamed of by Ken Lowe. It was a full day of activities. There, it started with a potluck. Uh, Mending Collective came, the Gorilla Grafters were there, and an artist who's also a massage therapist brought a massage chair. Surrounded by food and warmth and conversation and each other, this was their creative resistance, an act of sharing love. It was a time to make work together while we healed. I think as, as mirrors... And as windows, we question and open all of the things that, that maybe create pain and lift up those things that are, that are joyful to remind folks that this is the stuff of life, right? <laughs> and we need more of that, but we can't always look to these soul individuals above us. It's our job now. Everybody has to do that work. We all need to be leaders. We all need to come up with creative strategies to come together. And this project is an example of that for me. Still, we'll always go back to having parties because that's the origin of the idea of like both healing and ritual and release, but also thinking about how can we like support each other's work and like still have art happen. We're at a party in Oakland, California. It's Thursday night and it's late, but we're still out and we won't quit. It's time to hang out with our crew, let the day wash over us, and get lost in some music together. Uh, my name is Esra, and I DJ under the name Bulantina. Yeah, my name is Lara, and I DJ under the name Fuzul. Um, and I co-founded Club Chai with Esra. Together, Esra and Lara make Club Chai, a monthly dance party and curatorial art project. 
among other things. Lara and I had met and we were collaborating on mixes that focused on hybridizing non-Western music, Middle Eastern music, specifically for us, me being Turkish. Estra is of Turkish Jewish descent. They identify as queer and trans and use the pronouns they and them. Lara is ethnically Armenian and comes from generations rooted in Iran. She identifies as a cis woman. Esther and I, when we had started working on mixes together um, and music, when we always, it was like a dream of ours to have a physical space where artists can have an exchange um, and, you know, and have a space to perform and kind of just mix the kind of music that they're, they've grown up with or comfortable with as far as like diaspora music. That's pretty much what they've created. Showcasing different artists from around the country, from different diasporas, their events are an intermingling of both home and discovery, and always for the people. And while their events take place in lots of different spaces, their intention of inclusivity is clear. It's just like a work we're constantly doing is to like create those spaces that feel more comfortable than like the violence of like a bar space. Club Chai does still have parties at bars, but with roots in the DIY warehouse scene, they're pretty hands-on when it comes to their standards of community openness and welcoming. It can just be something as simple as a door person being someone that you've had a conversation with about like pronouns and like the first person that you see when you interact with at the venue is gonna like make you feel good, not make you feel like you're like being harassed because maybe your ID doesn't look like you. Finding places to gather can be hard for any of us who've ever felt like outsiders before. So we seek places where we can be ourselves. And the places we find are often in the shadows, abandoned. So we claim them and we make them our own. Yeah, it was an intense time for us and our community. In December of 2016, a fire broke out in a warehouse known as Ghost Ship, also home to an artist collective. Ghost Ship was hosting a concert, and folks from across the art community showed up. They were writers and DJs, music enthusiasts, and nail artists. They were teenagers and lovers and parents. Around 50 people were in the building during the time of the fire. 36 of them perished from the flames that night. Spaces where we gather, like Ghost Ship, are sacred. Because we don't just go to be ourselves. We also go to find each other. There are many ways in which marginalized people are just expected to just swallow the pill that we're handed. That's Russell Butler, a gender non-binary immigrant artist from Bermuda who lives in East Oakland, where Ghost Ship was located. They were there the night of the fire. And so to have a place where you can go and, like, if you're gender nonconforming, like, wear a dress. Or if you're a trans person, like, speak in your new voice. Or if you're a gay person, like, make, make out with someone in public. It's a way to connect yourself closer to hum- your humanity when society is just constantly telling you that you are inhuman and you don't deserve to be alive. In a world that refuses to recognize us, in a world that in so many ways denies us from public existence... We've learned to huddle close, 
pushed to the outskirts, we gather at the margins so that at least we can say to each other, I see you. Welcome. Yeah, I remember when it happened, we were kind of just like, well, what's next? You know, no one knew. Everyone is, you know, still grieving and healing. But at the same time, you're thinking, well, what's in store for the future as far as being able to gather again in these spaces? Art can be a direct response to injustice. It can be something we make as a way of saying no. But I think art can also be a practice of social justice, just the doing of it. Art is about community. The seeds of resistance start with the ordinary. And what is more ordinary than the idea that at the end of the day, what we have, sometimes all we have, is each other. There is so much that's done to define human existence by the things that we are not. Um, But I'm a person who would rather define ourselves by what we could be. So in order to move forward, we have to heal those things. It was a really high intensity time, but we had an event planned that month. And I think we were like, not sure we weren't we didn't know it's crazy because the same people who lost all their friends and i mean so much during that time but the same people who picked themselves up and were facilitating spaces for people to gather in the most painful of times art reminds us that we're alive and we're gonna live in remembrance and celebration I think that's like the story that I want to tell is like that energy of like passing through a lot of different spaces and time and like also like generating your own fantasy space. A fantasy space. Okay, here's a fantasy. A world where we value each other equally as human beings. A world where we open ourselves to the possibility of each other, transcend ourselves to become one another. A world where we show care and respect for anybody and everybody. A world where we have the strength to nurture the light that's in all of us. Is that a dream? Or is that a reality we can manifest? Season two of Raw Material is produced by the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and me, Geraldine Asu. The music you heard in this episode was from Revolution Void, Poddington Bear, and Club Chai. To learn more about what you just heard today, visit sfmoma.org backslash raw-material. And that's a wrap. This is the end of our second season of Raw Material. It's been an honor and a pleasure to host you through this series. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for season three.